This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. So while Wednesday night saw the Reds wrap up their fourth UEFA Super Cup, there's been little time to celebrate. This afternoon, Liverpool are back in Premier League action, travelling to take on Southampton at St Mary's. One thing's for sure, the fans will be there in numbers, but we'll have to keep any celebrations under control following a freak incident with Adrian in Istanbul. Who Jurgen Klopp plumps for in goal, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm not sure Liverpool have been sweating on a number two keeper's swollen ankle this much ever before. But less of that for now, time here on Behind Enemy Lines to focus on the opposition. I'm Guy Clark and here on the Blood Red channel over the next half hour or thereabouts, we'll get the lowdown on the Saints. From a couple of seasons of struggling to come back through the other end under the Alpine Klopp Ralph Hasenhutl to them getting back to their best in the transfer window. We'll have all of that covered and then of course there was the opening day mishap at Burnley and lest we forget last season's visit to the South Coast. Well, that's all to come right here on Behind Enemy Lines. And well, to talk us through the Saints, it's a pleasure to welcome TV and radio presenter, working with BT Sport, the Premier League World Feed and Talk Sport, as well as being the match day presenter at Southampton. And that is Michael Kern. Michael, thanks for your time. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. We'd have uh, we'd like a slightly better start to the season last week, but uh, certainly can't complain. Yeah, we'll get straight into that. I think for, for many people, obviously there was the, the Watford game against Brighton and also finished 3-0, but your defeat away to Burnley, I think had a lot of people scratching their heads. Certainly if you look into the statistics of the game and the pattern of how it went, it didn't quite seem as though there was that gulf of class between the two sides. Yeah, you know, incredibly disappointing. But, um, you know, when the fixture list comes out, you, you kind of see Burnley first game of the season away and it kind of does give you a slight shudder. You know, you've got a give credit to what Sean Dyche has done there at Burnley and um, you know, that old adage isn't there you know can, can a footballer do it on a cold night on a Tuesday at Stoke but I think what Sean's done with the team there it gets uh, incredibly tough to play Burnley at any time of the season at their place so um, yeah incredibly disappointing and especially when you look at the pre-season we had I think we had some great games some great performances um, could we have got something out of the game I think we had our chances just a few mistakes at the back but you know, it's disappointing from from that side of things. But, you know, it's a tough start to the season with us. You know, we've, we've got Burnley obviously last weekend and we play you this weekend. And, you know, we've got Manchester United coming up, Chelsea as well, in the first five or six games of the season. So um, not an easy start. And so it would have been nice to get something away at Burnley. But, you know, I think there's still plenty of positives to take away from pre-season. And look, it's one game. We've got a whole season ahead of us yet. So I don't think we should get too disheartened with losing on the opening day. And in terms of the fan base down at Southampton, start of the new season, the first home game being Liverpool coming down to St Mary's. What's the optimism like down there? Is there is there plenty of it or, or what's the expectation amongst the fan base? Do you know what? It's one of those things with Southampton. We always seem to put in a good result against teams you know, that are in the top six. I remember Ralph's first victory was a, was a 3-2 home win against Arsenal. And you know, I think we gave you a pretty good run for your money last season at our place towards the end of the season. You know, it kind of, you know, the scoreline in the end ran away with us. But I think for a good 75 minutes in the game, we were we were well and truly in it and, and holding you for, for the for the point. But um, look, you know, I think it's always a good atmosphere when Liverpool come down. It's nice, uh, obviously, with the banter of, of you being our B team with with a host of players that you've taken off off us over the years. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good atmosphere, first home game of the season, and. You know, fingers crossed we can get something out of it. I know uh, Liverpool will be hoping they can get all three points and win two out of two. But, you know, I, I guess we're hopeful that maybe slightly tired Liverpool side coming down after their exploits last night in the in the Cup. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think um, at the end of the day, you go into these games against Liverpool, you know, we know their quality, they're, they're a good team. And 
you know, for, for those kind of games, it would just be nice to get a result out of it in some shape or form. So, look, we'd love all three points, but I think a draw would be just as enjoyable for the opening game for us at home. And casting aside, obviously, the opening day defeat against Burnley, ever since Ralph Hasenhutl's come into the club, obviously dubbed the Alpine Klopp as much as he perhaps doesn't quite like that uh, nickname he, he's been given, he, he certainly has brought in that really fast-paced style down at Southampton and second half of last season really sort of showed what that group of players, I suppose, is capable of. Yeah, completely. You know, the, the results over the last couple of seasons have been disappointing and, you know, you looked at the quality and calibre of players within our side and, you know, the league position maybe, you know, didn't didn't quite seem fair, you know, because we definitely had that quality within the side. But, you know, as you said, Ralph's come in and he's got them playing a certain way. He's got them believing in themselves as a team again. And it, and it does really kind of bring back memories of me Ronald Koeman and Maurizio Pochettino there. And, you know, we're playing that attacking football. We're not afraid to go on the attack. We like to play fast, slow and football. We used to like to use the wings. We like to get the ball into the box. And yeah, and I think we've got the players as well to utilise that. I think, you know, getting Danny Ings permanently over the summer. He's had a great pre-season. He's stayed fit. And I think there's some exciting things to come from him. Uh, Shea Adams has been a fantastic sign and really a great addition to the team. And, you know, you have to say a good word for Nathan Redmond as well, because his performances towards the end of last year, he was one of about two or three players, including James Ward-Prowse, that really, really responded under Ralph Hasenhutl. And, and, you know, the way Nathan's come into this season has been tremendous. He's continued that fine form from the end of last season. So, yeah, you know, what Ralph's done has been brilliant. He's got a great style of football. He's amazing with the fans as well. Um, and I think that's really, really important for Saints fans. You know, so I think it is fair to say that a lot of fans did become quite disengaged over the last couple of years with the performances and the style of play. And, you know, to have a manager like Ralph come in that has got that personality is you know, he, he did a great gesture on the opening game that he had for us and he, he kind of gave everyone a, everyone a drink voucher to grab himself a drink and he's hosted open training sessions for the fans. Um, so I think, yeah, Ralph, is, Ralph has been brilliant and, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to have the Austrian Jürgen Klopp because, um, you know, he's going to play great football and, you know, hopefully that will get us some great results as the season goes on and some performances to go with it. And looking from the outside, that seems to be one of the, the real key things with Southampton right now is the way that it's sort of reset itself as a community club once more because whilst a number of the players perhaps having come in over the last few years have have been foreign stars into the team it seems now that there's very much a British core back in that side they've got those values of being hungry and playing for one another and that with the fans with the players with the coaching staff everyone's in it together yeah, they certainly are. You know, there's a great buzz around the city again, and and a real excitement about that, which which is great. You know, we're we're a fantastic little city, and we've got a great club, and you know, we've got a, we haven't got a, a trophy cabinet full of history like Liverpool has, and a lot of clubs have. But you know, we hold on to 1976, and we celebrate that. But you know, we've we've done some great things. You know, we've had some great players that have come to our ranks, you know, over the years, and you know, that, that's amazing to have. We're, we're known for our academy, which is good. So we do bring through that younger talent. Um, and like I say, yeah, the way that they're playing now is, is really in case the fans again. And, you know, we've got a great core of players in there as well. You know, Maya Yoshida's come out this week and is donating a percentage of his wages to the Southampton Foundation, which does some great work within the local community. So, you know, that community feel is, is well and truly back. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing that develop as the season grows as well. And, I mean, before we go any further, obviously we have to mention, as you say, the links between Liverpool and Southampton through the transfer market through the last few years. Though obviously, the last couple of years, it hasn't quite been the same. But I suppose for Southampton, getting Harsen Hootel in, it's sort of been pressing the reset button and, and getting back to that ethos, that identity that the club had when it got back into the Premier League and under Pochettino and then Koeman really sort of was a, a breeding ground for young talent coming through that was then obviously 
sold on once it once it sort of got to to that top level. It was. We were cherry picked, but I guess that's the nature of kind of you know supporting a team like Southampton and being a Southampton fan. Is you know, I would love to see my side competing in the Champions League and winning the Champions League, but you know realistically, when you look at the the depth of competition in the Premier League, you know I don't think that's going to be something we'll see in the next couple of seasons. Although I'd love to see it if, if there was a big shock on the cards and we did a Leicester and and found ourselves on those upper echelons, you know. But we love to see good football. We like to see a side that that goes out there and wants to win the game and put on a great performance as well. And look, you know, we had some great opportunities flirting with Europe a few years ago we had a great game against Inter Milan at St Mary's which, which was very enjoyable and you know I guess it was quite tough and you know, we've seen what Monaco are going through at the moment you know they, they, their side was kind of stripped really of, of some of their big stars and you know we if you look at the side that Southampton could have had if, if none of those players had been sold over the last five, ten years, you know, what a great team that would be. The likes of Virgil and Sadio, of course, that, you know, are playing now at, at applying their trade at Liverpool and there's other players in there as well, you know, that we've brought to over the ranks. You know, the story could be different. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't begrudge a player going on to, to go and win a Champions League medal. I think the biggest umbrage that fans kind of come to take is, is maybe the nature in, in which it happens and, and the way players conduct themselves. But look, at the end of the I think that that's water under the bridge and you know at the end of the day if if, if it was you personally and you had the opportunity to go and win medals you know I don't think you'd be saying no but I guess as fans we're, we're loyal to our club aren't we and, and for us as fans you know we get a little bit upset when we lose our best players but you know I think over time you know you have to say look you know Virgil van Dijk's gone on to be one of the best players in the world and in my opinion should certainly be in the mix for the Ballon d'Or this year and to be able to say that Southampton Football Club is, is part of his journey and, and part of his career, you know, for me, that's quite special as a fan. You've hit on exactly the next point I was going to ask you about the, the, the former Southampton players you now see in the Liverpool ranks going on and achieving under Jurgen Klopp what they have done with Liverpool. As Southampton supporters, as you say, the transfers at times have been messy, but do you look back now and actually have satisfaction that you guys helped develop these players into the players they've become because without that grounding in English football, when you think certainly of Mane and Van Dijk, they, they wouldn't have been going on to, to what they have at Liverpool. No, completely. And you know, and I love to see, you know, people doing well, you know, I'm a big believer in people achieving their ambitions and goals at whatever level. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to have seen, you know, Sadio and Virgil and Adam Lallana do that at Southampton. But, you know, the fact that they've been able to go and do that and we're part of their history is, you know, really special. And, and it's great to see Sadio Mane, you know, flourishing as well. You know, he was he was a great guy at Southampton. I remember him scoring his, his quickest ever hat-trick and I interviewed him at full time for the, for the world feed of the Premier League. And, you know, he was just, he was just brilliant and it meant so much to him and, and he loved being at Southampton. You really got that impression and he's humble, his feet are on the ground and, you know, you just look at what he's been up to this summer. You know, he goes and wins the Champions League, goes and plays in the Africa Cup of Nations, has a holiday and goes back home and helps build schools. You know, the guy's incredible. So, you know, to see him see him flourishing and doing well is great. And it was lovely touch to see him in the final this week, you know, giving his shirt to one of the ball boys and having a picture with him and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's a generally humble guy. So it's lovely to see players going on and, and flourishing their potential. And I think, you know, you were completely right saying, that sometimes the transfers can be a bit messy and that sometimes leaves a, a sour taste in, in the mouth of the team that loses the player. But look, at the end of the day, like I've said already, if, you, if a player can go and achieve success by winning the Champions League medal, winning a Ballon d'Or, you know, having some great success, if you're part of that history, for me, that's, that's still quite special over time. And obviously this is the eighth successive year back in the Premier League for Southampton. Now after that 27-year stay that ended in 2005, a bit messy off the pitch, but the club's come back strong now. After the last 
couple of seasons flirting with relegation. Is there the sense now that this team that Harsen Hootel has been able to put together might be able to make a tilt at trying to get into that top half this season? Yeah, I think so. I, when you look at the Premier League, you know, we're very lucky as fans that have a team in the Premier League, aren't we really? Because the football is, is phenomenal. It, it's quality. You know, there is there is real quality from first place right the way down to 20th place. You know, everyone gets their, their time to shine and you see some great performances. And, you know, it's going to be incredibly tough breaking that top 10. You know, it's even harder breaking the top six. But you're now looking at the top 10 when you've got teams like Everton, you've got West Ham, you've got Wolves, there's Leicester. There's a lot of teams in there that are now trying to fight for those European places around seventh and sixth and you know they're going to fill up those places in the top 10 as well so it, it's not going to be easy um look, I would love to say as a Southampton fan I'd love us to finish you know top 10 top eight but for me realistically if we can if we can compete and have a great season and play some great football and, and not be six weeks out from the end of the season panicking that we're still going to be in the Premier League next season I think that'll be, that'll be a good season for me because it, it's been quite nervy the last few years you know and I haven't been working on the Premier League. Every game I went to, I was kind of working. So I had to be incredibly neutral, which wasn't great for the nerves. But um, obviously this season, I'm very lucky to be involved on a match day, um, working pitch side and working with a great team that they've got there and, and supporting them and, and having some fun. So I'll be able to be a, a little bit more Southampton biased this season. So when I'm going to games there, I'll hopefully be able to enjoy it a little bit more as well. But um, yeah, no, look, hopeful for a great season. I, I don't think we'll be flirting with, with relegation, although I think it could be a tough few opening weeks of the season and you know we'll see what happens with those with those games hopefully we'll pick some points up but I think you know there's going to be plenty of opportunities throughout the season for us to pick up the points and yeah fingers crossed that a good strong mid-table finish with some great performances to boot will, will, will certainly make me happy The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo you mentioned quite near the top about the, the game back in April between Southampton and Liverpool. Obviously, the Saints going ahead in that game, having not really had a, a great run against Liverpool in, in recent times. I think that was the first goal in the or the only goal in the last four meetings between the two sides, but seemed to hold on, especially once Naby Keita equalised for a while into that last 10 minutes, of course, and it was getting very nervy for Liverpool. But I suppose that was showing exactly what Southampton, certainly at home, have, have been all about under Harsen Hootel. Yeah, thanks for reminding us about those um, previous results. Yeah, no, look, it was it was a fantastic game, and uh, you know I, I was watching it uh, up in a studio in London for for work, and you know watched that opening performance, and like, here we go, we've got a chance here. And I think Southampton always do seem to step up to the plate when they're when they're playing against these bigger teams. I don't know what it is, you know, as I mentioned that that win against Arsenal for for Ralph Arsenal, the manager, his first first home game. You know, it was um, that was pretty special, and there was a real bit of fire and, and bite in that game, and. And to be fair, I think you can say credit to Southampton because when you looked at the relief on Jordan Henderson's face and, and that celebration, it was like they'd won the league in that moment. He was so passionate with his goal. So you can kind of tell how much it, it meant to Liverpool. And obviously there was a, a little bit of concern there. And then the relief that came out in that celebration when, when you, you know, secured all the three points and he, and he ran away with it a little bit towards the end. But no, I think it was good testament to Southampton. I think it's going to be a good game this weekend as well. You know, they always are. There's, there's always a little bit of... Um, you know, friendly rivalry when there's the former player on the ball. But um, no, I think it should be a good game this weekend. And what's the main difference been since Arsenal's come in? Because looking at statistics, which don't always tell the, the story, I mean, eight wins in 23 Premier League games for him. You only had one in 15 under Mark Hughes before that. But it seems as though goals has been the real big difference. 13 in 15 under Hughes compared to 32 in 23 under Arsenal. 
Yeah, I think it was obviously when, when Ralph came in, there was obviously a lot of work to be done. You know, it, it wasn't the best of seasons under Mark Hughes. You know, obviously he kept us up, you know, which we were eternally grateful for. But it kind of didn't really work for him over that pre-season and, and into the new season. So obviously when Ralph came in, there, there was kind of a bit of an uphill hill climb to deal with, really. So it took a little bit of transitional time to, to deal with that. Uh, towards the end of last season and you know I think there was a, a bit of January transfer window but you know you didn't really have acres of business that you can really do in that time and I think it's really important for a manager to have a pre-season to, to really work with his players and he can get the fitness levels how he wants them and, and really get his you know thoughts and processes across you know when you when you get into the football season and you know post January you've got FA Cups to think about you've got you know if you're still in the League Cup you've got that to think about and you've got lots of games coming thick and fast especially with some of the midweek Premier League things now so you know as a manager they don't really get time to sit down and really really work on things on, on training ground so you know I think you know Ralph's had that time now and you say the performances towards the end of last season you know you know there was a certainly yeah, a massive improvement which was great to see but you know I think we'll start seeing you know the results and goals will, will be something that we'll see a lot more of this year and you know I think there will be, be more wins and, and more goals as well which will be could obviously to see as a fan We'll get on to some of the key players in just a short bit, but we spoke before about transfers of players going obviously from Southampton to Liverpool, but in the off-season, transfer window for Southampton, quite a quiet one for sort of main players, first-team players brought into the squad. One of those, of course, Danny Ings with his loan being turned permanent, but it, it looks as though there's been some shrewd business from the Saints and it's certainly focused at that top end of the pitch with Ings coming in, Adams as well as Gineppo as well. Yeah, no, certainly. I think it was always a, a difficult transfer window, and it, it was always said from the outset that you know players had to leave the club to enable us to find players as well. So you know there was a few outgoings there, and I think that you know I think the club would have liked to have done a bit more business. And you know obviously the European transfer window is still open until the second of September, so you know we may well see see transfers going out the door. And I know Ralph wanted to work with a smaller squad, and so I think there's a lot of consideration to go there, but. You know, Southampton, you know, since uh, Marcus Lieber took us over, unfortunately no longer with us, but when, when he took us over, he, he kind of put the plans in place to make sure we're a sustainable club. And, you know, and his daughter's done a great job in uh, maintaining that. And obviously Mr. Gow, our, our new owner as well, is working on that as well. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to live within your means as a football club. So the players had to go out, I think, to obviously make sure the wage budget worked for the club and, and it was and it was working well. Um, but like you said, you know, attacking-wise, we've, we've improved a little bit, which is nice as well. I think Shea Adams is a fantastic signing. Um, just watching some of him in pre-season and, you know, how much he wants to be part of that squad. You know, he came into pre-season and he went across to Macau, then back to Ireland and, and pretty much went everywhere on the pre-season tour, which was, you know, a real testament to him and, the, and his character as well to, to be doing all those miles. But, um, you know, I think he's an exciting player. I think we'll see a lot from him this year. Great to have Danny Ings. You know, obviously we saw, we saw some of him last year as well when, you know, he's had a pre-season, he's stayed fit, which is good. And, you know, you really hope that that stays as well. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy, Danny. And you know, I've seen him do some stuff in the community recently and, he, and he's really getting engrossed with that. So, you know, I really wish him a good season. And Gineppo, we've not seen much of yet. Of course, he was out in the Africa Cup of Nations and he's, he's come back in. I knew sub last weekend, but hopefully, you know, we might get a glimpse of him against Liverpool. We'll obviously see how his preparations are going. I know Ralph has uh, said in his press conference that this week ahead of the game that he's got a full squad of players to choose from. So, um, yeah, we'll see 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 what side he puts out. But, yeah, exciting signings. And obviously Dan So coming in as well might shore things up at the back a little bit for us as well. So, yeah, I think incredibly shrewd business. As I say, there's no, you know, loads of marquee signings, which I know obviously fans like when, it, when a big name comes in and, you know, everyone gets very, very excited. But I think some incredibly shrewd business. And, 
you know, we'll see what happens happens going forward with players that may well be on their way out of St Mary's, you know, which is obviously always a shame to see a player player leaving. But obviously if it's gonna enhance their career and obviously take the club forward, we'll we'll see what happens. I know you, you just said there you've not seen much of Gineppa, but I have to say, looking in when Southampton signed him in the summer, to me it struck me as a move that had hallmarks of Sadio Mane's move, a player moving from obviously African descent, been playing in a Central European League. Mane obviously had been in Austria and Gineppo playing in Belgium with standard Liège. And he's coming in and I suppose he's going to be a raw talent, but he obviously must have the attributes that Harsen Hutter wants to, to piece into his team. Yeah, completely. Look, Southampton have got an incredibly good scouting network, and you know their academy is obviously tremendous as well. So, you know they they have their eye on players. They do their they do their homework. They're very shrewd when it comes to to doing business and, and making sure they really highlight the right players that are going to do what's needed and what's required. So, you know, completely the same if he if he turns into Sadio Mane version two. Um, obviously in, in his own right and, and obviously performs in, in his style you know I'd be delighted to see that and I'd say yeah it's um, definitely some kind of similarities in there so looking forward to seeing him in the Saints shirt and, and seeing what magic he can create this year for us It does seem the recruitment's back on point you obviously had Paul Mitchell there behind the scenes when Pochettino was there Les Reed seemed to start taking on more and more of an undertaking and perhaps some of those deals towards the back end of his time at the club with Carrillo, Buffal, El Yanusi didn't quite work off. The times you, you sort of did spend big money on players, it didn't quite work. And this summer, although Ings, Adams and Gineppo have seen quite a healthy outlay for Southampton been paid in respects to the market value of certain players these days, it does seem as though they've they've gone back to trying to pick off some shrewd ones that they can see one or two working rather than perhaps going for, for three or four players at a time. Yeah, no, completely. I think that's fair to say completely. Um, you know, I guess when you're in a situation like we've had been for the last couple of years as well, sometimes it is, you know, you do sometimes hit panic stations and you can clutch at certain signings, you know, which you maybe have to make in haste or think, oh, that would be a good idea, but you know, we don't have the time to do the correct due diligence on. But um, no, I think you're right. I think the recruitment is kind of back to where it was before, which is, which is great to see. And I'd say, I think these players that have come in will be exciting. I think they fit with the style of play that, that Ralph Harsen Hooper wants to play. And yeah, I think I'm, like me and many fans are excited to see what happens this year. And obviously those key players then for, for Liverpool to look out of, they know a lot about Danny Ings, of course, second top scorer behind Nathan Redmond last year, who now 25. It feels as though perhaps this year needs to be a, a coming of age for him. Of course, he was called up to the Provisional Nations League squad by England, but I mean, he, he's a player who sometimes flatters to deceive. Yeah, look, it's been a difficult couple of seasons for Nathan. I think by his own admission at the end of the season awards last year, he says, you know, I'm not the easiest of players to watch and, you know, it's, it's been a tough couple of seasons. But, you know, he's, he's, he's stepped up to the plate. He's really working well under Ralph and it's great to see. And, you know, he won a couple of awards at the end of the season awards last year and, and the fans are obviously right behind him, which, which is great to see. So, you know, excited to see what he can do and it's obviously going to be great confidence for him getting in and around that England side again and being considered for that. And obviously it was a shame he didn't get to called up to the full squad, but it was nice to get him in there with the training and players like James Ward-Prowse as well. It's good to see him flourishing under under the manager. He's kind of, you know, really stepped up, which has been nice to see because, um, you know, James Ward-Prowse had a, a great junior England career and you're kind of thinking, here we go. And it just didn't quite work under previous managers, but it seems like it's working for Ralph, which is brilliant. And, you know, there's other players in there as well. You know, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, he missed out Last week, he wasn't feeling too well on the way to the ground. He made an appearance off the bench, but, you know, as captain in the side as well, you know, he, he's a great leader on that pitch. And, 
it's, it's just nice to see we've got players that are stepping up across the pitch and it's, it's good to see that and we've got youngsters coming through Jan Valery on the right hand side is, um, had a great end of last season so yeah excited to see what they can all do together this year and the Saints do seem to, to be a classy side and have a classy system that Hassan Hutul likes to use. And looking at the Burnley game, obviously the result didn't go the way, but he was certainly brave having three sort of out-and-out forwards on the pitch in Redmond, Ings and Adams. And it does seem as though he's not going to be too phased in terms of who Saints come up against this season. He believes in his system. Yeah, completely. And I read an article a couple of weeks back which said that he's kind of got three systems that he can deploy at any point depending on how a game's going. And, and it's nice when a manager takes risks like that you know you're not going to win every game of the season you are going to lose a few and you're going to draw a few you're going to win a few that you weren't expecting to but you know if you've got a manager that's prepared to go out there and and grab the game and do everything he can to to get those points I think that's exciting to see from a fan's perspective and you know for me I'm excited for what Ralph can do it's nice I think he, he sees Southampton as a project I think from the outside looking in you know he kind of sees it as something he can really put his mark on that's that's also pleasing to see as a fan you know you've got a manager that really believes in it and believes in the club and what he's doing. I know this is a weird question to ask, but you go back to a few years when Southampton had a lot of success and there was a lot of interest in players a number of the time and managers, of course. The last few years, it's been rather quiet on that front. As a Saints fan, is it nice to sort of have the feeling that you've got a manager who comes with a big reputation, who may well be courted by other clubs, but you know that if he's allowed the opportunity to get things going the way he wants, there's a good chance that you are going to see success there again, regardless of if that does bring interest in him? I hope so. I think obviously the last couple of years the interest has gone quiet because I don't think we've really really been setting the world on fire. So I don't think there was much call for, for the managers that we we kind of had in charge at that time. But um, yeah, look, I think I think Ralph is going to do what he's going to do, and, and I think we're going to get some good performances. And you know, quite ra- rightly, a manager of that calibre is going to generate some interest. But you know, I'm hoping all the managers in the top top six, top seven of the Premier League keep their jobs, and no one's going to come sniffing, and he's going to get a real chance to really show us what he can do and, and really make this team his own. And you kind of get that from him as well. You know, I've been very lucky to to meet him a couple of times and have a conversation with him, and interviewed him a couple of times as well. And you know, I, I really do get the kind of feel that he's that he's in for the long haul and believes in the project and the club are 110% behind him and, and the fans are with him as well which I think is really important that's nice and yeah so that that, that positive feels back around St Mary's and excited to see what happens well, the positive feels at St Mary's right now hopefully it isn't come five o'clock on Saturday for a brief moment hopefully the Reds obviously take the points but Michael thanks a lot for your time really appreciate you uh, giving us the lowdown on the Saints and uh, and great to catch up with you no problem at all thanks for having me on Broadcaster and matchday presenter Michael Kern with us here on Behind Enemy Lines on Blood Red. Of course, we'll be back with post-game tonight, where after the match, our team at St Mary's will give their verdict. You'll hear Jurgen Klopp's press conference in full and, of course, hear instant fan reaction. Do join us then if you can, but until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.